Hey, what's up, everybody? I am back, Mental Edge Training Coach here with Chad Hermanson. It's been a while. Haven't done a podcast in a long time. I've been off doing some other things, working at a baseball facility, and I am back and want to start getting back into doing some podcasts here, interviewing players, coaches, scouts, parents on the mental game and seeing what's going on in their life. Today, to get started in 2023, I'm going to be interviewing Tyler Whitaker. Tyler Whitaker went to Gorman High School here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he was a 2021 third-round pick for the Houston Astros. So I'm excited to hear from him. So enjoy this conversation with Tyler Whitaker. All right, Tyler Whitaker, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's How are going you? on? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You have a good Christmas, a good New Year's? Yeah, good holidays. Even though I'm, I'm kind of happy it's all over with so I can get back on, on my schedule and my routine every day. Yeah, so you're you just finished your first full season um, with the Astros. You you got drafted, had a short season. Yeah, but we're gonna get into kind of the professional side of things here. But I want to go with you way back because I've known you for quite a few years now. Um, really, have watched you grow up from yeah. high school on. Um, and the first thing that you you were kind of always the, I'll just say you were better than everybody. Yeah, right? at, at a very young age. What and I think you played. What other sports did you play growing up? I grew up. I grew up playing everything. My dad, he he wanted me to just play everything. He grew up playing basketball, so basketball was always like the other one that I was like I love doing. Um, I played football a little bit when I was really like 10, 11, 12, but mainly it was just basketball, baseball. Even in in high school, I'd go to the go to the gym with my dad, and we'd just run pickup games for hours. Yeah, because your your dad was actually a basketball player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would always talk about like, dude, I have no idea about baseball. All I know <laughs> is basketball. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your dad and kind of his background. Yeah, so he he grew up playing basketball. Uh, his mom actually played basketball, and she uh, she was actually pretty good um, when she when she played. She played up through high school and stuff. But uh, yeah, my dad grew up. He didn't play baseball. He stopped playing baseball when he was like ten. Um, so everything he did, everything he kind of wired into me was based on like competitiveness and trying to be the best. So that's, that was the biggest thing he gave me. And then the confidence too to just believe that I'm the best and try to try to, if you're thinking like that, you can, you can, you're going to, you're going to play well. Yeah. I I've always noticed that being around your dad, I haven't been around your mom much, but being around your dad, he always had. Um, he always had a lot to say in regards to, you know, positive thinking, right. Constant work ethic, all those sure. things. And it's, it was really cool watching you do that all the way through high school right? and, and, and into the pro your pro career. So one of the things that I thought of, and I mentioned to you earlier is every now and then you see a high school kid commit early, say freshman, sophomore year, right. In, right. in high school, you were one of those kids that committed in eighth grade. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you could say, no matter you talk to certain people, like it could be very controversial. I yeah. would love to hear your intake on that whole process committing as an eighth grader. Right. So how it happened was I was playing up in age in Arizona and the head coach at, he was at university of Arizona, Jay Johnson. He's now at LSU. He, uh, he saw me play. We ended up getting into contact with him after the weekend. I ended up having a really, really good weekend. Um, and he wanted me to come down for a camp and 
when I went down for the camp, I it was again playing up a couple ages, mainly juniors, sophomores, and I was in eighth grade and I had another really, really good weekend. Um, so we ended up talking to him and he said he was really interested. He didn't want to offer me yet just because of how young I was. Um, but we ended up going back a couple months later and he had offered me, but what he had told me was you have, like, I'm going to keep my commitment to you, but you have to keep your commitment to me to get better and turn out to what I think you're going to turn out to when you're a senior. So that was the biggest thing was like, he held me accountable to get better. And I trusted him for post high school and he trusted me to get to where he thought I could get to which was being the best player I could be and being trying to be as good as I could at everything on the baseball field. Yeah, that's interesting. I know like from your parents' standpoint, yeah. right? Was there anything in there regarding like, Hey, what's the rush? Why do we need to get do this? so yeah. quickly? I think it was more so of the, the uh, almost being not locked down, but like having a place, a destination to like look forward to. So it's like, I want to be this good, this good, this good, so I can get there. And then having like uh, something to strive for, basically, instead of having the unknown, it's having the assurance of this is what I'm trying to do. So we kind of looked at it in a different perspective. Instead of trying to get everybody to look at me, it's like, all right, I trust this coach. I think he can turn me into a, a great professional baseball player. I'm going to try to get to that level and keep getting better. It was more so like in a motivation sense. Okay. Yeah, because that could certainly go the opposite way, right? Right, right, right. for sure. Because you were what? We were 15 at that point? Yeah. 15 years old, committed to a major Division One college in Arizona. Yeah. Um, I, I have certainly seen it where kids commit early and they kind of just, they, they let them go themselves go physically. Right, right. Um, they're not really working on anything as part of their game. Right. It is concerned. Uh, but I knew because I... I didn't know you very well that young. I got to right. know you more in high school. Right. Um, but everything I'd already heard about you was like, this kid is very, he's very mature already for 15. Yeah. Uh, not only like physically, like you were tall and wiry. Right. Uh, but from your mindset standpoint, mentally, right. right. That you could handle that. So I was, I was like, oh, it sounds like he'll be fine. Yeah, totally. Which like, and I think part of that's always being, I always played up growing up. So when I was playing up, I was always the young one and I would, I had to try to fit in almost. So it's like, I don't want to, I was super quiet. I kept to myself, but I was always really confident and I believed in myself. So playing with those older kids, you have to, you have to make your name somehow. And my way was playing and playing really well. What were some of the, any big names that you played that maybe the baseball community would know that you played with or against at that young age? Yeah, so growing up, uh, Marcelo Mayer, he, I grew up playing with him in SoCal when I was young, young, like 12 and under. Uh, me and him were on the same team. He was always at shortstop. I was in the outfield, and we were our two, three, three, four hitters. And, um, but in high school, I mean, a ton of the, all, the whole LVR team that I played with, everybody went to go on to play D1, basically. So, um I mean, being around that every day at practice or every every three days a week at practice, I mean, everybody's pushing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you played mainly with LVR. At, at what age did you start with them? Uh, I 
by I was 12 and I was practicing with their 14s mm-hmm. and I was playing in Southern California my 12 year and then uh once my once I got to the big field I was strictly playing up an age or two with LBR my all the way through high school so like my senior year was the first time I'd been like in my age mm-hmm. since I was 12. Yeah, and definitely we're standing out. At that yeah, point. yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're like, I guess I'll play with guys my age now. Yeah, right. Let them catch up. Yeah, so LBR's Las Vegas recruits here in, in Nevada. They're yep. in Las Vegas. They've been one of the best teams around for a while. Very well-known uh, travel organization. Who who were your coaches? Was it the same uh, coach the whole time? Yeah, it was uh, – mainly it was uh, Brad Maloff, Evan Grissell, and Sean West. Those were the three main main ones. Mm-hmm. and they're still going they are they are <laughs> very good yeah so i know they had some major influence on you and probably taught you some many things yeah um well good so so you, eighth grade it kind of finishes right you start getting into high school yeah. uh, now you didn't start out at gorman no right tell us about your high school experience yeah so my high school i started at arborview um my freshman year i was on varsity i was playing all over i was pitching i was playing short i was playing third i was playing outfield um, I was kind of just wherever the coach needed me to play. Uh, and then my sophomore year, stuff had happened in Arborview with coaches and they got new coaches. So I and then we'd been in contact with people at Gorman and I ended up going to Gorman, transferring to Gorman my sophomore year. And I had to sit out because of the transfer rules. Mm-hmm. So I was practicing all my whole sophomore year, couldn't play in any games. And then my junior year comes around, I'm finally eligible. And then COVID hit. So I had yet to still play a, a senior year right. or a, a, a high school season in at Gorman. And I'd been there for two years. So then my senior year comes around. We'd played winter ball and fall ball the entire time, like starting in October all the way through about January. Took some time off. And then spring season rolled around. And then that, then the draft and then then pro ball so it was uh, That's right so, so it, it happened high school, so fast yeah so ob- obviously you made quite the name for yourself committing early like in the baseball yeah. world like oh dude we got a guy that committed really early right so everyone was starting to get to know who you are like man this kid must be pretty good right, right. and so now maybe everyone's like oh we're facing tyler whitaker we're facing his team um but you were also like man i can't even play my sophomore year you know, yes. I have to sit out, uh, right. 21 grad, trying to get through that. But you you continue to play. You continue yeah. to work continue right. to work with your team. Um, when you were – so you did a lot of traveling, would you say, yeah. as an amateur. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so during the summers, it was – my parents, they – we would never – we were never big on showcases. Like, it was kind of a thing of, like, if I play and I play well – we trusted that the right people would find me. So part of it was financially, like my parents couldn't afford to send me to all these tournaments and big uh, showcases in the, on the East coast. Cause that's where they mainly were. But uh, so it was mainly just playing with the LVR team during the summer and then practicing during the, uh, during the spring for those two years. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was made, it was just, it was kind of just trust in myself and trust in like my family believed in me that it was like, we didn't really chase anything. It was mainly just, we're on our, on our schedule of what of getting better every day and trying to get better every day. And then it it paid off. So. 
Okay. So you're, you're kind of more focused on the process of getting better as a player. Correct. Um, financial situations with a family, you know, right. allowed you to maybe do some things. So right. I think a lot of parents and families can really relate to that. Right. Um, on, okay, where do I go? What showcase do I do? Uh, right. Even do that. Um, we got to experience some time together. Uh, my yeah. son is the same age as you and you were selected to the area code game. Yeah. The Reds team, you know, going in uh, summer of your junior year, right. Yeah. Going into your senior year. Yeah. Um, so at this point you were already establishing yourself as quite the prospect uh, um, and a potential draft guy. Right. right? Um, I was still scouting at the time and we were kind of together for about the whole week. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Out eating some food and enjoying Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, tell us what that experience was about the Erico games in particular with playing in that type of atmosphere. Yeah. So during, like when you're in the moment, it seems like it's super like important, super, super stressful, like just being a player. Cause like you always want to do good. You always want to be at your best, but now you're playing against everybody else. that's just as good as you. So like I tried to just kind of keep myself calm while we were there and just play and have fun. Like, cause I know when I'm having fun and I'm happy, like I tend to play better. Like it's just, just how I've always been. Um, like, obviously I'm going to take my prep stuff really serious in the cage. Like once we get to the field, it's, it's time to go, but everything else, like if I had a bad game or a great game, like kind of just wiping it after and just, just hanging out with, with you or with all the other teammates, like it was, it was, that was the biggest thing for me. It was trying not to put too much pressure on myself while we were there. Mm -hmm. And what did you have, what did you tell yourself you know, so say a young kid's listening to this that might have the opportunity to go play at that event because it's definitely yeah. one of the biggest events. Right. What advice would you give him? Um, just trust your prep, like your training. Like you work so hard all the time. Like if you're if you're there, you're not there by accident. Like so, believe in that. Believe in yourself, and just have fun. Like if you're if you're there to pitch, pitch, strike people out, throw strikes, have fun with your your infielders, whatever it is. If you're hitting. Just try to hit the ball hard. Don't worry about results. Don't be so focused on results. Just be be content with having a good at bat, hitting the ball hard, whether you get a hit or you get out. Like so, just keeping it keeping it simple like that, and control the things you can control more so than looking at the results of things. Okay, very good. Man. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I also got the experience actually coaching with you on the field. We had the the Dodgers team yeah. out here club. Uh, traveled i guess it was a scout team right, 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 right. Um, ran by berlin germany out here and one thing that stood out to me and has always stood out in when i analyzed and evaluated high schoolers that when i was a scout um obviously i'm looking for the physicality things right, right? what do you what were all the tools what do you do on the right. field um but i was those are pretty easy to see right, right for sure um I was always more interested in more of the instincts and the maturity level, the coachability and what kind of kid am, are yeah. we dealing with and working with. And one thing that always stood out to me with you was number one, you, you asked questions, right? right. Yeah, I, I mean, you were constantly coming over to me, coming over to the other coaches. And that told me like you were humble enough to go ask guys that have already been there and done that. Right what would you do here? You know, how would you handle that situation? Um, 
and that was that tells me a lot because I'll be frank there were other players that thought they um, were much better than they actually are for sure they think they knew they know everything already um, and a lot of the 17 18 year olds kind of feel that way right and sometimes it doesn't take until a couple years later or even a year or two later once they get to college and they kind of get a little bit of humble pie Right, right. Either by they don't play, they have to redshirt, they get to a college and they're like, wow, maybe maybe I'm not ready for this type of thing. Right, right. Um, I never once had that with you in regards to because whether it's your background, whether that's just the type yeah. of person you are. So I, I want to like tell you how awesome that is. And yeah. obviously the Astros saw that within you. I'm sure every scout that I talked to, um, as we compare players, like I, I had you at the top of my list right? because, right? because of all that. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so you were, you were a hitter, you were drafted as a hitter, but you were a very good pitcher growing up. Like, yeah. Through hard. Tell right. us about your kind of two way experience. And at what point did you say, I'm just going to hit? Yeah. So it was probably like right around my junior year, like right before COVID hit. I just like, I don't know why it happened. I just, I always liked hitting more. Like, and I always thought that like with me as a baseball player and looking at myself from a third, third person point of view, like I was too athletic, too fast and could play too many positions and like hitting too much to be a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like no, no discredit to pitchers, but <laughs> I just like, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine like, Cause I always wanted to get to professional baseball. Like that was always my dream. So I couldn't imagine watching baseball and only being able to play once every five days or six days, whatever it is when you're pitching. Um, but I, but yeah, my junior year, I just really, really liked hitting and I started to feel more confident in the box and I got stronger and faster. And that was the big, that was the time like physically where I felt like I matured the most was getting stronger, faster in the box and feeling and feeling more confident there. So once that happened, I'd had a conversation with my coaches saying, hey, this is what I think. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I'm just this is me as a baseball player asking you guys if I can focus on this because I think I have a really good shot at it. And they were awesome and open with it. And uh, my junior year, I was going to close a little bit, but uh my senior year they were like you're killing it Just keep doing it like we we're good on pitching basically right like you were that you had so many arms you're like oh we're right 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 save save your arm just hit right <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah all right yeah so so here's the thought that i just had because you know so i remember watching as a pitcher because i i saw just as many good things on the mound for you right. as you did with the bat so it <clears throat> kind of shows how good of an athlete you are and right. what you can actually do on a baseball field. Now you're, you're a big guy. You're what? Six, four. How much you weigh now? I'm like 210, 215. Six, four, 210. So you're, you're getting to the point now where when coaches and scouts are like, well, what does this dude look like when he's 20, 21, 22 years old? Right. Right. That's what you imagine. When you, when you left high school, what was your size? Uh, when I signed, I was six. Four six three one eighty mm-hmm. one eighty five. I'd always put like one ninety, but yeah, like <laughs> you always add five or ten. Always, you always add ten pounds on the on the 
on the fill outs for the for yeah. the tournaments. Okay. So so you you've gained like 25 pounds since you've been driving, yeah. Yeah. right? Because you're you're continuing to grow. Um, and like I said, if you look at anything like your dad, your dad's six five, like he's a big dude, right? Yeah, right. right. Um, kind of basketball body, right? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what you envision. Six four, two twenty, two twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Now, where does this guy play? Where does Tyler Whitaker play? So I'm sure that's you know, you've been labeled, oh, he's just a corner guy, he can only yeah. do this or that. Um, where where do you see yourself in the future? Uh, in the big leagues, I see myself in right fielder at third base, just because I know I'm going to get bigger and stronger. I'm, I can move, I'm fast, but I'm not the elite of the elite fast. Just, I've always, I've always been really quick and fast for my size, but there's just guys that are faster. And I'm my, my profile as a baseball player, I think is to drive in runs to, I have a really strong arm in the outfield or in the infield. So I think in at right field or third base. Yeah. That's definitely why I had you pegged. Right? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I knew you could play short, but I also yeah. was like, uh, he's either, if he can stick on the infield, obviously it's yeah. going to be a move to third. Yeah. If not, right field. So you, you nailed it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you, so you, you kind of, you've established yourself now your senior year as one of the top prospects, definitely yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, tell us and walk us through the draft process for you. Yeah. So before, during my senior year, well, with area codes and everything, I had a good, pretty good showing at area codes. So then I had, my agent had told me leading up to that, uh, I had mentioned we had fall and winter games all my senior year. So when we had those games, I would send out emails to all the scouts and say, this is where I'm playing. This is what time this we were playing against. And we ended up having scouts at almost every single one of those games so those games like even though they're the winter games and they're to get ready for the spring those games were just as important for me as they were winning games in the regular season of my spring so before games I would go hit every single day before the game we'd be playing out in Boulder City at 9 p.m at night and it'd be 30 degrees outside couldn't feel my hands couldn't feel my feet yeah and just I treated those games like it was game seven of the World Series every game. Like I was playing hard, running everything out. If I missed hit a ball, I was trying to get to second base. Um, just trying to do, to do all the little things because that I felt like that was what would separate me from other guys that are just as good as me around the country. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you never I never saw any lack of hustle, you know, in right. that. So right. that's really awesome. So so the draft day comes, right? So now just to kind of a little bit of background. So you're drafted by the Astros yeah, and they don't have a first or second round pick. Right. Year. Tell right. us a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So there's all, there's always the mocks and the rankings and all this crap that doesn't matter. So I'll put that out there first. <laughs> um, Cause really none of the rankings or the draft mark drafts, none of them have an actual pick. That's what my agent told me. And that's the best advice I could give to somebody. The only people that you need to impress are the people that have a draft pick. Or, or signing you to a college. Um, so there was rumors I was going on day one, which I I was hoping that would happen, but it didn't end up happening. And I think it was for the best because the Astros, when they called, I was going to be their first pick. So I was their first rounder that year, basically. And um, I yeah, I thought it was a blessing in disguise because learning what I know now about the Astros, like I fit their mold of, being versatile, hitting the ball hard, uh, being a good, a good 
good guy. Like everybody that's in the org is are good people. Um, my my agent ended up calling me. We we'd already had a number set before the draft of what I would sign for. Uh, they he called me and he said the Astros want to take you with this at, at their with their first pick, which I think is a huge deal. And he goes, they're gonna they're investing in you like you're their first rounder, which is awesome. So uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Was with my parents at home. Nobody was over. It was like ten in the morning, and then I didn't even expect to go. Honestly, like right before my agent called me, I was about to text Jay Johnson, who was at LSU at the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, I'm I'm coming to school. So, <laughs> uh, which was crazy. And then, but yeah, like five minutes before that, my agent called me and said they want to take you. So, okay, is the college coach? Does he try to convince you, or is he like do do what's best for you? Uh, well, he told me, he was like, if it's life-changing money, go, but if not come to school so you can get life-changing money. Mm-hmm. And that was his spiel on it. And he, he told me before the draft, he was like, whatever you and your family decide to do, I respect it. Like I get it. And he, yeah. which was awesome to hear too, which there wasn't the pressure of like, oh, you better come here or else you're not, we're not doing blah, blah, blah with you. But he ended up now we have a really, really good relationship with him. My little brother's committed there, which is awesome. So, that's right. We, we got another Whitaker coming up here. Yeah. Right? He's coming. Another kid that's what, 6'3 already and throwing low 90s. Throwing low 90s already. Yeah. So now he's, he committed what, as a sophomore? Uh, yeah. 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 So, so you, your freshman. family was it a freshman? freshman actually, yeah. Yeah. So you, your family's experienced um, committing early to college, right? Right. Uh, eighth grade freshman year um and obviously you had that um that relationship already with jay johnson right you know so it all worked out great for you guys so um i've already told your dad i told him about a year ago i was like well it sounds like this kid's gonna be just like tyler i was like there's no way this kid sees college (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see i mean we'll see when he i think he's i think he has a i think he's gonna be really really good yeah he's still in the he's still in the awkward like puppy dog stage where he grew a ton he's really really physical strong does a lot of things good on a baseball field but just it all hasn't come together yet sure yeah he's a little little baby giraffe yeah 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 trying to figure out the the growth and how quick it is and yeah good We'll, we'll be talking to him soon at some point i'm sure oh yeah so so you get you got drafted you're the third pick um you get to pro ball yeah. Right. What happens in pro ball when you get there? Yeah. So I get there. They do all my evaluations with hitting, throwing, running to get basic, uh, like, uh, base marks on me. So like for, to compare in three months and six months and a year, just to see how I progress. Cause that's all that's again, that's all it's about is just getting a little bit better. And, uh, so I'm in, I'm in Florida and West Palm beach at the complex, um, playing games in the in the Florida or the rookie ball league, which is all Latin guys from the Dominican, Puerto Rico and Cuba. Don't speak any English. Uh, it's me and maybe maybe a couple pitchers and then the strength coach. And that was it for English speakers, which was an eye opening. Like it was insane. Yeah. I never expected or uh, like thought that's what that's what I would be in at 18 years old, which was mm-hmm. which was cool. But um yeah it was it was really it was different it was a different type of baseball than I was used to playing because it was always about winning in high school but once you get to pro ball you're or especially in the lower levels it's 
you're trying to get better and everybody's trying to get better. So the winning part isn't as important, but it's all about your development and working on certain things, certain days, and then that type of stuff. So it was kind of, it was just, it was just different at first. That's the best way I can describe it is like, just kind of eye-opening. Yeah. You get into that daily grind, right? Was it, yeah. was it made practice in the morning? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was like, so in the rookie ball, it was, get to the field at like seven, eat breakfast, have like a team practice for an hour, hour and a half. But it was always usually, it was always really light. Like it wasn't crazy because it's Florida in the summer. So you gotta be careful. But uh, yeah, then it would be some individual hitting, then it would be lunch and then it would be a game in the afternoon and repeat it the next day. Where you started playing right away, like you were obviously drafted for your bat, right? So yeah. pitching's done at this point. Yeah. What position did you start playing there? Uh, I played all center field, a couple games in right field, and a couple games at third base my in rookie ball. Yeah, so they're, they're already like, let's see what happens. Where does this kid right. develop? Right. You know, what? And that's so 6'4", 180, 190 pounds playing yeah. center field. Yeah. Um, certainly didn't surprise me when you started right. playing right. there. Like, yeah, this guy could play anywhere. You know, we got Aaron Judge played center field, you know, a, yeah. his size, you know, so it's this, that, that even that position is starting to become a little bit different. For sure. Um, obviously, the range is important, but, you know, you, you definitely have the speed to catch up and, yeah. and do the things, you you know, maybe a smaller, quicker player might not. Might definitely. Not so definitely. What, what, what was hitting like for you? Now you're facing guys that have pretty good stuff every game. What, what right. was that like? So the biggest thing was the biggest thing I was trying to do was one, just make contact with stuff and see it and get used to seeing 90 plus every day. Cause in high school, it's like, you see 90 plus maybe three times a, a season. So once you get used to seeing the fast, faster pitching, then it's, you got stuff that's breaking more and is way harder. And I didn't even know what a slider was until I got to pro ball. And I didn't know a ball could go straight sideways and when throwing it straight over the top. So that was, that was really eye opening. Um, but yeah, hitting wise, it was basically just trying to minimize movement in my swing and trying to make it as simple as possible. So minimizing movement, what, what yeah. type of things did you do prior to that? Where like, Hey, they're like, Hey, we got to start working on eliminating this. It was just, uh, seeing the video from a side angle, you could see your head, like, you want your head to stay still in one spot, but sometimes I would jump forward and I, I still do it now, but which is what I'm still working on, but it's like minimizing your head movement. Cause if your head's going towards the ball and the ball's coming in at 95, it makes it look like 105. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep your head still so you can see the ball better, pick, pick up spin, that type of thing. Yeah. Fun, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. So you, you finished rookie ball, you come home that turn in that off season. Um, you just finished your first full year, yeah. right? Cause you're also still kind of going through COVID, right? Right. Right. With all right. that stuff still happening. And, um, this year you had a complete full year. Yeah. Um, what was the whole year like for you? So I played the most baseball I'd played in my entire life with spring training. I probably played 160 or 70 games. I ended up playing 120 full games in the full season. I was thankful to be healthy all year and only had a couple bruises from getting hit by pitches or whatever. But um, 
yeah, so I started off, started off good, um, making a lot of contacts. And then uh, around May and June, the pitching started ticking up a level a little bit. And it was stuff I'd never seen before. And I struggled really, really bad, especially in May. And then um, I kind of lost my approach, lost, like just felt lost hitting. Um, but I just, every day I just kept coming to, coming to the field, trying to, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, I had, I was just mainly the stuff, like I'd never seen the stuff before of 95. That's almost, it appears to be rising or two seams that are breaking two feet and then sliders that are breaking the other way, two feet and just that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, I just kept on keeping on every day. Like I showed up to the field, whether I had a horrible game the day before or got three hits, like I was just ready to work, ready to, ready to attack the day. And uh, I kept that mindset the whole year, which really, really helped me. Yeah. Cause you, you had mentioned that, I mean, as you like any player that's drafted high, you know, yeah. you, you were basically almost three for four every game, you know, you're, right. Right. You're having great at bats, two for four homers, a lot of RBIs, a lot of success. Right. right. And now all of a sudden you're seeing pitching you never seen before. And now it's over four, over four, over four. Right. And it's like, okay, now what do I do? Right. right. Which I never experienced the failing part in, in baseball, my pretty much my whole life, even playing up. Like, yeah, I wouldn't do as good as when I played my age, but it was like I could still get two hits a game, a hit a game, whatever it was. But when I had stretches of being hitless for two weeks, it was like, what the heck is going on? What do I do? Mm -hmm. So um, trying to like, the biggest thing was like control what I can control. And I'm still trying to figure it out hitting wise of pitch selection, swing decisions, uh, pitches I need to hit, pitches I that are like borderline that are pitchers pitches and taking those. Um, but yeah, like just the biggest thing was just, trusting like trusting the process has been the biggest thing so far of like I know I'm putting in work every day to get better at little things and uh just yeah just st sticking with it and mentally like not not dwelling on the day before and every day is a new day mm -hmm. has been big for me too yeah so it's a lot of what's going on with your self-talk right. right like what are right. you telling yourself how am I showing up every day yeah. Am I showing up to the park already defeated? Right. 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 Kind of that negative mindset. So, so that's awesome, man. So you finish, you have a year and a half under your belt. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, it's uh, January, 2023 now. So what do you think, where, where do you, I guess, what are your goals are for this year and where do you expect to be playing? Yeah. Um, this year I'm, I'm assuming I'll start in low A again. I finished the year. I finished the year in low A. I finished this year really strong. Um, but expectations wise, again, I'm not like I have my end goals, like where I want to be at the end of the year, like that I set high just because if it's if you set it high and you're that's what you're striving for. If you come close, it's going to be really good still. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to when I get to spring training, just be as locked in as I can. Once I get back into the swing of seeing live pitching every day. And then uh, I would like my end goal. I would love to be end the year in Double A this year. I like again. That's a high standard for being my age twenty season. But um, yeah, if I could do that, I would be absolutely thrilled. 
but just being especially I have a lot more confidence now that I've gone through what I've gone through and I know I can get through it because like the failing part I had never gone through so but I did it I was better for it I figured it out towards the end and I can take that in I took that into the off season I'm taking that into spring training yeah so when you the adversity that you faced yeah right, when you kind of let's say down in the dumps if you will yeah for right, sure not not feeling too great about your performance you just kept going at it yeah, you just, you just kept plugging away. Uh, was there anything either physically or mentally that really stood out to you? Something that was said, a coach told you anything that you could maybe share that could help someone? Uh, the biggest thing was my approach and not trying to do too much. Like, yeah, I'm trying to hit the ball really hard, trying, but sometimes less is more in swinging, swinging 70% and making more contact is better than taking a, G hack every time and trying to hit a home run like staying like for me staying gap to gap up the middle pulling the inside pitches going the other way with the outside pitches like keeping keeping stuff simple really helps me so not and then not, not overthinking in the box too like look for fastballs something hangs hit it you know what I mean like super simple stuff yeah so you're mainly approach wise looking like fastball middle away every pitch fastball just middle something I'm just looking for for a heater yeah anywhere and adjusting off speed yeah 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 and then the big thing too is it's cool that we have like we have certain we have technology that like will show where the pitches are at and if they're good takes or not so it's like if it falls a I don't know two inches off the plate gets called a strike that's a that's a good take like that's a pitcher's pitch tip your cap but if it's a pitch that's on the middle third of the plate and you take it it's like all right probably should have swung with that one like sure. that stuff yeah then you start kicking yourself a little bit right yeah yeah and for sure things can certainly spiral from there too. <laughs> oh yeah i did pull the trigger there oh yeah well it's awesome man well I, i'm certainly excited to continue to watch your career and um you know still still young are you yeah. are you 20 right now yeah i turned 20 uh toward, at the end of the last year yeah so 20 still trying to figure it out right yeah and that's yeah. i think that's what people don't understand um, especially like say in the high school area of things where, um, there's so much work to be done, right? Yeah. It's yeah, even, it's, in, you don't even really know who you are as a player at the high school level. Like you, like I'm good. I'm hitting homers. I'm hitting doubles. I have the tools, but I'm just playing. Right. right. And right. then when the competition gets better, you're like, okay, well, I better get better. Right. right. I might have to start putting in more work really. Right. You know, do I need to work on hitting breaking balls, whatever my weakness is. Right. Right. And then learning how to get through the adversity. Right. And it's, you know, like I coach players too, right. On, yeah. on handling that adversity, but you kind of said, it's like, you have to kind of figure out with yourself and be able to learn how to coach yourself Yeah, because you're the one that's in the box. You're the, you're, you're the one that knows, okay, I'm struggling with these pitches. Right. And right. how do I handle it? What do I work on? And how am I showing up in the box every time? Right, for sure. Yeah. And like having an having a presence too. And like I don't I don't ever want anybody to say I have a big ego about things. But like when you're playing and you're talking to yourself about your your play, like you kind of have to have an ego about yourself. Like you have to be confident. You have to think you're the best because if if you're not thinking that way, somebody else is, and they're going to be playing better. So it's like you have to think that you're. Like you're the man when you're when you're in the box or you're on the mound or you're on 
lining up on the football field or playing basketball, like you have to think you're the best. Love it. Absolutely. Love it, dude. Well, yeah. we'll certainly be rooting for you. And like I said, I've been really impressed with you watching over the last few years. Um, I'm not surprised at all with how your success and where you're at. And I think things are going to only continue to get better and certainly can see you, you know, somewhere in the middle of that lineup in Houston in a couple of years. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And any final words of advice for say high school, college players that are wanting to play pro ball? Uh, just, it's a grind, believe in yourself, just trust, trust your work. That's, that's the biggest thing. Like <clears throat> my dad will even tell me, like he even told me earlier that earlier this week, he was just like, just trust what you're doing. Like you, you do it every day for so, so long, especially over this off season. It's like every day I've been working out or hitting or doing something to get me better for this next season. So it's just trust it. Like don't overthink things. Like just trust what you're doing when you're there, give everything you've got to your workout or to your hitting or to your defense or whatever it is. And just, just believe. Love it. Love it, man. Wise words for a 20 year old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tyler, I'm, I'm happy to stick on here. We'll go ahead and end this call, but I, I appreciate you guys coming on board. Hopefully you learned something here from Tyler Whitaker and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care.